ladies and gentlemen, to the latest, greatest episode of Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with me, as always, is the cybernetic, the enhanced, the stoic, Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? Oh, it's going great. It's it's good to be back. <laughs> it is good to be back. Sorry for the delay, guys. Um, we did this on purpose. Uh because we wanted to wait for the Game Awards. It was really clashing with when the next episode was going to go live. We wanted to cover everything was going to get covered in that and more. Um, that's why this episode is a little bit late. So hopefully you still enjoy this episode because there's a lot to talk about. Isn't there, Sean? I, uh, well, besides the Game Awards, there's a lot to talk about, I think, in what we've been playing. But We've seen some nice surprises in the Game Awards that I didn't expect that were going to happen, uh, to be honest. We've seen, we've seen surprises. Nice, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the Game Awards 2020 happened. It was all digital, um, as per everything else in 2020. Seriously, this year cannot end soon enough. Um, but yeah, they, they held their own. Um, there is one thing that I do want to say right off the bat so that we can get it out the way for something that was all digital. Why, why did they have a pre-show? I think that's I mean, like a common thing to do with these kinds of events. I get it. But if you're going all digital, why waste our time and not just make a whole show around it? Well, I have to say that besides the fact that it was all digital, they really pulled off a nice show. I mean, yeah. it, it went smooth. All those people just joining through like a, a Zoom or a WebEx or whatever. It was really smooth. Um, some that, things looked yeah, pre-recorded. Yeah. I mean, there were some scenes that were clearly pre-recorded. Yeah, like um, the, the eSports one where the, the, there was an eSports player, I think, from Korea, from South Korea mm -hmm. who won. And that was clearly pre-recorded. But, for example... Uh, when one of the, the when the winner for best performance, Laura Bailey got uh, her uh, award for uh, Abby, that was real, and you could really see her getting all emotional and really containing her tears. It was also funny to see that, uh, like she was getting ten, messages. Yeah, like ten <laughs> seconds after she heard that she got it, her phone started to blow up. That was really funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it I it else I think it also happened with another one that one I. Don't remember which award, but we're gonna get into those. We're gonna get into those. Um, yeah, I, I will. I will agree to that. Tech wise, is like I'm amazed that nothing glitched or went wrong in like any great sense. And they used this cool like holographic video wall kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it looked really cool. It looked yeah. really cool in terms of presentation. It was really slick, but I would expect nothing less from Jeff Keighley. Um, he has a great production uh, team that is working with him all the time with these things, and they pulled it off again, which is ridiculous considering how how many like in how many countries and how many people you have to coordinate to do this live. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous and amazing. So that that I will give them that. Um, I kind of wish it was a little bit shorter, but yeah, yeah. Well, like, I would almost say that he should just. Um, just do like E3 because a lot of people are saying like E3 might go away because if there's one thing that we've seen this year is that a lot of publishers have just found new ways to get word out about their games or product. And to be honest, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. I don't think uh, a Sony or a Microsoft 
are going to stop doing the, the direct kind of uh, event. Uh, I think they'll even double down on it. And I think especially because they've been able to make it, re I mean, like the Microsoft ones are a bit, mm -hmm, but the Sony I, ones have been like really slick. And I mean, Sony also had a year, um, a year of experience on Microsoft, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that Microsoft at that time were doing were the inside Xbox stuff, which is yeah. very, it's just, you know, which is very closed circuit, like very, very scripted stuff like, which is fine. Um, but at, at the same time, if you're trying to switch to something that's more streamers, it's, um, if you don't have, if you don't have the know-it-all to do that, it kind of looks weird. Yeah, so I, I think it's just a matter of time before their production gets. Yeah, I would, I would almost say that like that, that E3 just goes away and Jeff Keighley does an, a virtual E3 every year and they just have kind of like what they have now with, with world premieres. And then some publishers or developers get a little bit more extra time with time slots, for example. And if they want to dive in more, they can maybe host their own event. But I think like this big overall cohesive event might make it a lot better because one of the issues that I always have with a trade show like E3 and Gamescom and Tokyo Game Show is that there is so much going on that you just lose, it becomes overwhelming. You kind of lose focus of what to check out. And there are always a few games that you pick up out of a, a press conference. Um, but besides it, like other games or other information around games get, generally gets buried in other information because there's just so much happening. Whereas now, if we would have an event like this, I'd say, you know what, just make a three-hour event out of it or do two days, three days, but have this big cohesive event and everybody gets time slot and gets to decide what they want to show off. I'm going to say this, though. I don't think a lot of people talked about this, but so Jeff Keighley did the whole summer of games thing yeah. where over a course of two months, there were announcements, you know, spread around. It wasn't as evenly spread as you might hope because it was kind of something that he, um, I want to, I don't want to say did on the fly because there's a lot of preparation that goes into doing something like this, but um, it, it, I feel that if he did something like that over a course of two weeks or so and have surprise announcements coming between, like have something that's like a set schedule, but still have enough space to have like surprise announcements coming in. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's going to be awesome. I think that, that feels would, like a roller coaster. Yeah, that would be amazing because uh, the, Sony hasn't done an E3 press conference for the last two years. So yeah. who knows if they're going to do one the coming year. I don't, even, I, they said that E3 is coming back next year. I don't think Sony's going to. I think they even confirmed that they won't go to E3 next year. But I mean, uh, yeah. E3 is losing its value as a trade show. And I think it's also that it costs a lot of money. So these, these digital events, I mean, I love the Ubisoft Forward events. They really made a sleek show out of that. Um, I, I like the Sony ones. Yeah, the direct ones are always good. Um, I like the Game Awards. So I think this is the new way going forward. Yeah, we'll see. Um... We'll see what 21, uh, 21, 2021 brings 2121. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jumping off a whole century <laughs> just to get away from the whole pandemic. Um, yeah. So uh, um, let's check, let's take a few of the highlights uh, from this. 
Um, one of the things that they announced uh, early on, um, I'm just going to – are there stuff that you want to talk about that was presented in the in the pre-show or just like let's go straight into it? I think the only surprise announcement was that Last of Us lost to Ghost of Tsushima for the, the, the People's Choice Awards, I think it's called. Yeah. And that was done through – That was 100% voted by yeah. – and it was done through Twitter a, a couple of days earlier, and Jeff Keighley announced it before the show, uh, like one or two days before the show. And um, it almost felt like uh, people... Well, it was, did... like, it was like a week. Um, it was a whole week thing, because they did like this whole tournament-style yeah. elimination. So it, yeah. It's almost like people didn't want The Last of Us to get that award, because Last of Us was, was leading all the categ- uh, all the rounds, and then in the final round, like in the last few hours, uh, Ghost of Tsushima surpassed uh, Last of Us. And, and it, it, people started speculating, saying like, yeah, um, there's a mixed reception, of course, for Last of Us. So the fans just don't want Last of Us to get this award as well. The people have spoken and they have said Ghost of Tsushima is the better game. I'm like, I don't know about that. But it's it's nice to see people being passionate about it. Yeah. Um, but it's strange because it almost looks like they did it just to stick at the last of us. And that's not nice. Yeah, that's not nice. But then again, if you leave something a hundred percent to online votes, stuff like that can be easily manipulated. Yeah. If you have the, if you have, if you have the right people to rally behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's just jump into like one of the first things that they announced, um, at the start of the actual show, which they they jumped straight into it, as they revealed the the next character in the Fighter Pass two for Smash Brothers, and it's Sephiroth. And I'm gonna say this: I watched this this morning. Um, I tried to watch it live, but I fell asleep. <laughs> and then I woke up in the middle of it, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to sleep and check it in the morning. And I made sure that the the, the first thing that I saw was. The Game Awards, I didn't go to any other website and not get myself spoiled by anything. But my reaction was, okay, first uh, first I thought it was, oh, okay, my prediction is right. It's going to be the Monster Hunter because they're in this rocky area. And then I saw it was World of Flight. And I'm like, okay, that makes no sense. And then the music, as soon as that first note hit, and I was like, oh, my God, are you serious, Sephiroth? It's like, I have nothing against Sephiroth. I just think it's really weird for them to add another Final Fantasy character and it's not another... It's not from a different Final Fantasy game. Because if you were going to be something... If you were going to be faithful to, like, Nintendo history and Final Fan- and Final Fantasy history, it would have been uh, either, uh, like, Locke or, uh, or, or Terra or Tina from Final Fantasy VI, which makes way more sense. Because that's the last big Final Fantasy game that was on a Nintendo system before they switched to PlayStation. But at the same time, I kind of get it. Um, because, you know, Final Fantasy VII is really big. And I'm pretty sure that Square Enix, you know, pulled some strings to make sure that it's Sephiroth that gets into the game and no one else. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, because people are like, oh, why is it not, you know, now we're never going to get a Sora. And I'm like... Sora is never going to be in Smash for three reasons. One, he's technically, even though he's a Square Enix character, 
His movesets incorporate Disney stuff. Two, Nintendo is never going to pay for separate licenses just to have Donald and Goofy be part of his any of his attacks. And three, if you leave out all the Disney-related attacks that Sora even has, all he has are just Final Fantasy, Fire, Fyra, Blizzard, and Thunder, and that, that kind of attacks, and like that's it, and then sword attacks. Plus, people would still give him guff because he's technically a sword character. <laughs> I mean, uh... that argument came back for Sephiroth, but most people are like, oh, I don't care that he's a sword character because he's a beefcake. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I, like yeah, I don't think you would find it surprising, but a lot of ladies love Sephiroth. I am. Because they think surprised. he's very pretty. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, so yeah, that was the that that was the first big reveal. I was like, oh okay, oh that, that uh, that's kind of disappointing. But he, I think he is gonna be released this month because the trailer ended with December twenty twenty. Yep. Um, there's gonna be like a whole full reveal by Sakurai as he does um, next Thursday. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, that's December seventeenth. So probably he might get dropped the same day or the next day, and we still have three months until Monster Hunter Rise comes out. So hopefully then they'll reveal the fourth character of this pack. And then hopefully it will be Monster Hunter because seriously, uh, it has to be. It just has to be. It just drives me insane. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't know you could be so passionate about uh, Smash characters. I, I, well, I honestly, Spider Pack 2 has not been my jam. I don't hate Min Min, but I personally felt that Twintel was the better choice. Um, I am not a fan of uh, Minecraft Steve, so when that was announced, I felt like that was kind of a waste. I understand why he's in it, and I respect their decision. Not my jam. Right. Sephiroth is kind of the same thing, but less so. I understand why he's in there, and, he's, and his moveset does seem pretty cool. Um, I'm just going to wait until the 17th to see what his moveset truly is, but there are a lot, a lot of Easter eggs that apparently I've missed. Um, so I'm curious to see what that's going to be about, but at this point, I don't know if I'm going to pick up like the fighter pass volume two as a whole. I might just pick up individual characters. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't play smash, so you can literally tell me anything and I'll probably believe you. So like, you're well, there is, I'm sure that there are listeners out there that either agree with me or disagree with me. Um, but yeah, that that was the big first. That was the big first one. But they did not stop with the big firsts because Perfect Dark is back. I didn't expect that one. No, I I heard rumors like a really long time ago that Microsoft might be trying to get Perfect Dark back, but it's also not being done by Rare. It's being done by a different developer. Yeah, it's called The Initiative. I think it's an internal Microsoft studio, and there's been some hype around them that they were working on some... I, I don't know if it was this game, but... They are, they are industry veterans, but from which studios they come from, I don't know. Yeah, there was, there was a rumor the other day floating around that Microsoft is going to announce a... Not a triple A, but a quadruple A kind of game. And I'm like, oh, is that something new? What is a quadruple A type game? I don't know if that's supposed is to be this what they meant. I don't know if I seriously doubt it because Perfect Dark, as good of a as good as a game it had, because the second one was kind of panned, was not. I mean, 
the first part for Dark and N64 one could say, yeah, it was a AAA game. I think the last um, one was a 360. The last one was on the 360, Perfect, yeah. Perfect Dark Zero. A lot of people hate that one. They yeah. hate the whole chevrons thing on the floor. You re- remember in, in uh, Fable where you had like the, the breadcrumbs thing? Yeah. Yeah, they pioneered that with like stupid like arrow chevrons on the floor that was constantly guiding you. Oh, okay. That's so it was crazy. like a guided experience and people were like really hated on that game. For that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm surprised that Perfect Dark is getting another chance. I'm also not surpri- surprised that it's not being done by Rare because at this point, I don't even... Like, Rare is not what it used to be at all anymore. So They have their hands full on uh, on a game already, so... Yeah, uh, Sea of Thieves, right? Or something outside of Sea of Thieves. Yeah, they're doing Sea of Thieves and they're, they're doing another game, but it's in early pre-production. I keep forgetting the name. They showed it at E3. It had this oh, right, yeah. stylish uh, Breath of the Wild kind of art style. With, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In the forest, people talking to the to the to nature or the trees or the environment. I don't know. Anything, yeah. Something like that. I don't remember the name either. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it, it, if we don't know, remember the name, then it's probably not in that state yet that it should be memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another game that I'm surprised yeah. about is Back for Blood, which basically looks like Le- Left for Dead. That's because it is by the creators of Left 4 Dead. Yeah, I know, but I, I was in I was in doubt if this is part of the Left 4 Dead universe or if it was. Uh... It isn't because um, because it's because the the the, the publishers is uh, Warner Brothers Games. Yeah. So it's not it's not Steam. It's not uh not Steam. It's not Valve. Yeah, it's Valve true. owns the license. So I think they they broke away from Valve. And then either got picked up by Warner Brothers or Warner Brothers uh, decided to publish their game. So that's how that's happening. But oh, yeah, it, like you look at the trailer and the first vibes that, that I got was, wow, this really feels like Left 4 Dead with all the banter. Yeah. And then I saw the name. I'm like, oh my goodness, this, this literally is. Did these Dead. guys do Evolve? I don't know. Because it really felt... I saw the four characters walking around. I'm like, ah, this really reminds me of Evolve. And then I think, I think it's the same developer. It yeah, they did, uh, Turtle Rock Studios. They did uh, Evolve. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. And Evolve uh-huh. turned out pretty bad, unfortunately. I think people's hopes were way too high for what it ended up being. I don't know. It went free to play eventually, but even that couldn't save the game. Yeah. Free to play does not necessarily mean that it's gonna save your game. Uh, but again, no. they, they showed like they, the first gameplay that they showed looked very current gen, by the way. Yeah. So i I think it was announced. For, I, I I think it's announced for current gen. I don't know if that was that like any information on like what systems it's supposed to come out on, but it looked very current gen. But they are gonna show more gameplay next week. Also, I think on the seventeenth. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there were some other stuff that got announced. Uh, Hood Outlaws and Legends. I think this was announced. It was announced earlier this year as well. Yeah, it reminded me of a co-op Assassin's Creed kind of game. Yeah, I mean, it, the it, I got I got um, For Honor vibes from it. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the aesthetics, like it really feels like For Honor. Yeah. Um, but it's like For Honor meets assassin's creed meets thief something like that 
<laughs> so that if that ends up being the case, that could be really interesting. Um, the trailer looked the trailer looked good. Um, I th- there is one thing that I do want to say in most of the uh, most of the trailers kind of seemed choppy. There was a lot of screen tearing. Yeah, I don't in, know if uh, it's a lot of the trailers, uh, and I think it has something to do with the stream itself. Yeah, because the stream was running at 4K, which kudos because like even like Sony and Microsoft can't even stream stuff in 4K on YouTube for some reason. It was the stream in 4K? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah, like if you have a rig that could support it, you could watch it in 4K. Unfortunately, my MacBook can only go to 2K. I watched it on my whenever I, whenever I try on 4K, it just chugs. <laughs> I'll get a new so, Mac. Yeah. Um um they they showed a game called The Callisto Protocol which is from uh the creator of Dead Space, Glenn Schofield, he also worked on Call of Duty. Mm, this really yeah. reminded me of Dead Space. Yeah, I got the same vibe too. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm like, wait, because I saw the title and then I saw the trailer and I was like, uh, yeah, it kind of was like Dead Space is, meets Alien. I was like, is isn't this just Dead Space? And then I saw the title again. I was like, oh wait, it, that's the title of the game. It's like, yeah. I literally forgot the name of the title, even though I saw it minutes before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because of what I saw, the visual connect, the like the visual mental connection I made was Dead Space. So yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense." I would have <laughs> that. Uh... Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, yeah, they showed a bunch of stuff. We got a um, Dragon Age Four trailer. Yeah, that was a thing. I mean, it was a cinematic trailer, so it's not like a lot to talk about, but. Yeah, but I think there um, is, it is a sign that, and at the, at the end we'll, we'll mention another game, I think yeah. it is a sign that EA is going to head into this generation with a bang, or they want to really shine this generation, because to be honest, in the PS4, it's so strange because we're still in the PS4 era, but we also have a next generation now, or, uh, or basically the PlayStation 5 is the current gen now, so, but like, what I mean to say is that in the PS4, we're in a transitional year. Like, let's. I think twenty 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 one should be seen as kind of like, kind of like a transitional year for gaming. We shouldn't be looking at it right because right now you only have like a handful of games for PlayStation Five and like zero games for Xbox that are actual next gen. That really so. If I were Gizmo right now and I'm listening to this. I would yeah. honestly be hurt by your comment. Uh, it's not meant to hurt. Just, I'm just being real. He just wasted 500 euros on a console. You're literally <laughs> saying that. I mean, that's cold from a guy like you. Coming from I'm a guy just, like you. I'm just being real. I mean, come on. Ismo, this I mean, is a shout out to you. Keep on playing <laughs> Valhalla. It doesn't matter if you threw away 500 bucks to play that game. I hope you really enjoy that game. Anyways, well, I'll be trying to drive Valhalla on GeForce now. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is that I don't feel EA shined a lot in the PS4 era. I mean, there are maybe a few games that they brought out that were really good, such as A Way Out and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. But for example, if you look at Ubisoft, Ubisoft was able to bring out multiple games every year and yeah, the games maybe... Look at this year alone. Look at this month alone. Exactly. And <laughs> every year they came out with a new IP. Every year they came out with great games. Some games needed fixing, 
but it wasn't a broken game like uh, it wasn't completely broken yeah it, it wasn't an anthem so i mean ea put a lot of money in anthem and and that bet unfortunately or mass effect andromeda yeah and mass effect andromeda so they they kind of tried to bet on the same kind of games and it didn't work for them and i think that with this next generation coming up they learned from their mistakes and they just want to make sure like okay we want to become the best place to play again for third party games because now we basically lost our crown to ubisoft i wonder if that's the reason why ea play is now a part of um game pass I, that's I, what I'm could be i mean because, what? because if you're thinking if, if, you're, if you're looking at it from that perspective right because ea play the reason why it existed is so that they can get early adopters to get in on those games um even if it is through a subscription service, yeah, uh, so that they essentially will be ambassadors for those that don't get, they may not pick up the service, but are willing to dish out the money to buy. I, I um, used it a couple of times to get early yeah. access to a game because I wanted to play a game earlier than the the, the release. Exactly. Yeah, and but it's, how like what is the retention on that? It's not a lot. I but if you if you, as soon as if you get done. like some some sweet deal with Microsoft. And you kind of piggyback off that. But then... it's, it's the same for Destiny. I spoke to a, a colleague of ours, and he said, "I'm, I'm, I'm not. I want a Series X, but I'm fine right now because I'm playing Destiny Two through Game Pass, and you get everything on Game Pass for Destiny Two. Because a friend of mine, he plays. He's a. He, he, this is a fun side note. He uh, in the PlayStation Five, you can see how many hours you put into games, and mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about it yesterday, and he said." That he spent two thousand and three hundred hours in Destiny One. He's a huge Destiny fan, and he he bought Destiny Beyond Light, and uh, he, he's really excited to play that. And I, and I told him like, hey, I, I'm thinking about getting back into Destiny. I'm just confused around all the content that I've missed, and if I should buy it all over again, or if I should just buy Beyond Light and stuff like that. But hearing that it's part of Game Pass and you get everything in Game Pass is actually mm-hmm. pretty amazing. And we're back um, from that little excursion to uh, whatever sound clip I put in there. Um, <laughs> so let's go back into where we were talking about before. Uh, we were about to talk about the next game on the list uh, that caught our attention, which is Crimson Desert uh, from a South Korean developer. Um, and I got to say, it looks really good. It's supposed to come out next year for PC and consoles. I'm assuming it's next gen because. They had some really shiny artifacts in there. Oh, the armor and the swords. And like it, uh, the game probably supports ray tracing. And this was ray tracing galore. Like everything I that think, can shine. Yeah, I, think it was, I think you saw everything. Everything that you saw was like ray tracing. Yeah, and everything which is ridiculous. That, that, that shined so much that you almost got blinded by it. But the game looks really cool. It, it feels like a mash, mix between God of War meets Game of Thrones, which... Um, it sounds good. It looks good. Um, with these kind of games, I'm always worried that um, it looks better than it plays. So um, I, I generally, genuinely hope that the game turns out to be nice because it's a game from North Korea, or North or South Korea, South Korea. Sorry. <laughs> hey, maybe they can make great games in North Korea. We don't know that. Mm. But it's a, it's a game from South Korea. So it's, it's a game from South. Korea. Yeah, and I, I think that one of the cool things we're going to see in this upcoming generation is. Is basically the rise of the Asian developers. So, like China will be a bigger player in game development, and you saw Genshin Impact make a huge uh, splash. 
I think mm -hmm. countries like South Korea will, will start to rise. So I think it will bring a, a lot of interesting games to us. And, you know, it's only for the best in the end for gamers. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was something on the completely different end of that spectrum, but still as visually stunning, um, called uh, Season. Yeah, that looked... Uh, I think it's an indie game. It's an indie game, um, which is coming to PlayStation 5. Um, for now, it seems like it's an exclusive to PlayStation 5. There's not even a PC version announced. And it looked really nice. It looked like a, um, a, a CG animated... Uh, feature feel yeah like it, the, the art style is very clean and this is the kind of stuff that i love to see when it comes to next gen like crimson like crimson desert looks awesome but season looks awesome for a completely different reason yep. and that's you know one of the reasons why stuff like ratchet and uh, ratchet and clank looks really cool um can, uh, why yeah i think you were going to say the same thing yeah can a uh, bridge of spirits or whatever it's called Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, because we you know for that game. it is just, I mean, and, and we've talked about this before, but next gen doesn't necessarily mean that graphics will move to photorealism. I think that is one aspect of it. But what, what we're seeing a lot of things now is that next gen literally means we can show you more in the world. So more detail, more uh, uh, smaller things. I mean, the, the Unreal 5 demo showed crazy detail little stones cobbling off of other stuff sound design things like that so i think people shouldn't only expect photorealism i think we should just expect all new experiences that just look and feel amazing mm -hmm. yes most definitely um so here's um do you want to talk about warzone season one uh, I'll briefly mention it. I mean, I'm a Call of Duty player. I, I don't, I don't play Black Ops Cold War because I tried the beta and it it doesn't feel as nice as as Modern Warfare does. Have you tried the Warzone though? Uh, yeah. So Warzone now hasn't been. Um, so I'm I'm still playing Warzone on the PS4, um, purely because I don't want to download such a big game onto my PS5. <laughs> Spoiler alert: I got a PS5, but I'm going <laughs> to that in a bit. Um, but, you know, uh, we're excited because we, we play it almost daily. We play a couple of multiplayer matches. We play some Warzone. And, and we're kind of excited for it, or I'm at least kind of excited for it. Um, they showed a new map. I think it's, it's either Alcatraz or it's based off of Alcatraz, an island. Uh, it's a bit smaller, so a bit more uh, close quarters combat. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if this will replace the existing Warzone map or if this will be... And uh, like kind of they do in PUBG that you can choose which map you want to play because Fortnite keeps the same map, but they just constantly reinvent the map. And I think that's that's worked really well for Fortnite. So I don't know what's going to happen here because they're introducing new guns and stuff like that as well. They also be they also seem to be introducing like a story aspect to Warzone. Yeah, so that's cool about every new season of Warzone is that it kicks off with a uh, a, a trailer or a story trailer that they kind of show you why the things have changed in the in the in the in Verdansk as it is um it would be cooler if they made a more story driven approach even though it is battle royale um but yeah i, I mean we're excited the update's coming out in 5 days so uh, this coming week and um i'm i'm really curious to see what what it will bring yeah 
Did you also think that we were going to see... I'm just going to jump right in. Vin Diesel in Arc 2. Yeah, that caught me by surprise. I honestly have no idea what to expect from that. Honestly, I think... I Here's the thing. I think that after that really subpar Fast and Furious game that came out <laughs> this year, <laughs> that was announced at the previous uh, Game Awards. Awards. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't think that he would be interested in working in video games at all. Because the last good thing that he worked in regarding to video games was uh, uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Which which was actually a good game. Which people still thought is one of the best things that he's ever been in game-wise or otherwise. Oh, I remember he did this driver kind of game on the PS3 and also that one tanked, I think. Yeah, but that was supposed to be tied to a movie. and Which that, never happened. Which never happened. So, yeah, that was a whole mess in and of itself. But, yeah, this looked really... I, I First, I thought, oh, what is this? This definitely looks like a new game. I thought it was a new IP. Then I thought it was, oh, maybe it's Turok. And then I saw Vin Diesel, and that one got thrown out of the window, of course. So I was like, oh, what's going on? Why am I seeing Vin Diesel here? What game is this? And it just keeps going on and on. And I feel like, so, you know, when you're seeing, you know, you know, you know how like the rock is not in like everything. Yeah. Like Dwayne, the rock Johnson is in like everything. I feel like this is kind of him trying to do that in video games. Because they have kind of like a rivalry going on. I don't know if the rivalry is real or not, or if it's manufactured or not. I honestly don't care. What I do care about is that games suddenly have stars in them, like Vin Diesel coming out of nowhere. <laughs> did you see that? And, and he and they you you did realize that they made him look like a badass, right? Because yeah, he took on a T Rex. Yeah, I mean, like the funny thing is, is they uh, announced an arc uh, animated series, and that which has, also stars Vin Diesel and like a whole bunch of yeah, other, it has like, a super big star started cast. I was completely. I mean, the voiceovers. I was when I heard it's like, okay, this is Russell Crowe. I knew it instantly. But then they showed all the names in it, and I'm like, whoa, this is either they have a lot yeah, of like money. Like Thomas Middleditch and like a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was kind of blown away. I'm like, oh, what? So apparently that's going to come out in 2022. I don't think that this game has a date yet. I don't think it's I coming out next I, year. I think it, if, it, if it's going to be a tie-in, because the, ser- the animated series is going to be a tie-in, obviously, if it also has Vin Diesel in it. Yeah. So I think that that both of these things are going to come out in 2022, or at least they're aiming for the game to come out somewhere in 2022. It could launch in early access because ARC launched in early access as well. I think they've reached a point where they won't do that anymore. I don't know. But yeah, the trailer looked crazy. Yeah. Um, it was cinematic, of course. So You know, you know what, what was funny about the trailer? They really, really tried hard to make it look like it was gameplay. Because there's yeah. a lot of stuff in there like, you're trying to convince me this is gameplay, but this is obviously CG. This is not gameplay. It's too early. Yeah. It's too early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <sighs> funny. Uh, a game that I got, I, I'm, people know that I'm not a fan of horror games, but I do like the occasional sci-fi game, kind of like Dead Space. So when we saw, I mean, when the, the PS5 was shown off beginning of the year, they showed a game uh, by House Marquee called Returnal. I think mm-hmm. House Marquee did uh, Resogun on PS4. And yeah. uh, the game looked pretty nice. And now they showed more gameplay. And it really looks like a cross between Mass Effect and Alien. Uh, it looks gorgeous. And I think that the story is also pretty 
interesting. Your character stuck in kind of like a time loop, like in the Edge of Tomorrow movie by Tom Cruise. So you keep on dying and reliving the same moment. Um, it, it looked really nice. I'm really curious to see where they go, are going to take it. And also got a release date. The game's coming out in March 19th, 2021. So mm -hmm. that's really nice. And it's a yeah, PS5 exclusive, so. Yep. One of the one of the few uh, PlayStation 5 exclusives that they actually showed. Yeah, the, the funny thing is I, I had the feeling that there were quite some games that were coming out on PS5, as in Jeff Keighley actually said the game is coming out on PS5. And he didn't say next-gen consoles or other stuff, but there were quite a few in there that he just, this game is coming to PS5. And I'm like, whoa. That's nice. Might not play it, but it's still nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hayslight's new game uh, also got shown. That looked also really interesting. That looked also really it fun. too, yeah. And it still uses that same system where if you buy one, you can get a copy for your friend so you can play yeah. co-op because the whole premise of the game is playing in co-op. Yeah, it's an EA original, so uh, again, it's really cool that EA supports these initiatives because you wouldn't expect them to do it, or at least... I'm surprised that they're supported him for two games so far. I think um, they like having him around as a rock star. <laughs> I mean, the, the way he ended the trailer, is, the, his message was... I think he got super excited, and, he, and normally he, he swears a lot. And then he didn't know what to say. He's like, boom! <laughs> yeah, he was super excited. Yeah. But he's always super excited to talk about his yeah. games. So that's always nice to see. It's, that, that was fun. Yeah, uh, I love this. I like. I like that he's now like a semi mainstay in the Game Awards. Yeah, <laughs> like a Reggie every year. Yeah. Oh, Reggie was there also to uh, to award the. Uh, we're gonna talk about the awards in a bit, but he was uh, he was there to award a very special award, which I honestly do respect. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I was I was pleasantly surprised by, of course, uh, being the resident. Uh, Japan Japan gaming guy here. <laughs> Monster Hunter Rise, Monster Hunter Rise coming yeah. to the Switch. They showed a brand new trailer which looked absolutely stunning. I was and they honestly surprised coming in January. I was surprised by how gorgeous that game looked on the Switch. Yeah, so I think this is the best version of the game that I've seen so far because I've seen like trailers of it before. I've seen gameplay of it before, but the gameplay demos that I saw were on like really streams during TGS. So, you know, you can see the gameplay, but it didn't really put the game in its best light graphically. And this trailer, I feel like they made sure that the that the capture was really good because it was all in-engine, in-game. Yep. And it looked really good and they announced, the, well, they showed a couple of new, like, mechanics in it. Like, the, you know how, it, I don't know if you played Monster Hunter World, but you can walk around in the village in Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Here you can actually climb up on the rooftops of these, like, of these, um, of the of the village um, houses and stuff. And you can just wire bug all over the place and just do acrobatics and stuff. It's really cool. I found out. Really, it feels like a living, like, an actual living town. I found out yesterday that apparently the Monster Hunter movie had already come out. In China. No, here as well, because there's a guy Wait, really? we both know that went to it. Oh. I spoke to him yesterday, and he said, yeah, I saw the movie, and then I started to play Monster Hunter World, and there's a lot of similarities, because he said, oh, they, they do that in the movie as well. Oh, they do that in the movie as well. And normally, it's the way the other way around. Yeah. And uh, Or you know, his idea was, oh, they do this in the game as well. They do this in the game as well. It's like, normally, it's the other way around. You say that they do that in the movie. 
But I was surprised that the movie had come out because I knew that the trailer had come out and I thought, oh, that movie will probably come out next year. But apparently the movie's already in theaters in some countries. And oh, okay. I know it was out in China and then it got banned because there was this like one line, one joke in there that was really in poor taste. Oh, okay. Like really in poor taste and the odds are that movie might actually not return to, return what, what, to China. Was it an insult towards China or something? It was an insult to Asians in general. Oh, that's not nice. Yeah, it was a very poor taste joke. And I was like, how did this, how did this not get the, because here's the thing, the movie has to, especially in China, you'd assume that the the censors would review the movie before they allow it in theaters. Yeah. And yet that got looked over. Oh, okay. Probably because of how the way the joke was translated into Chinese, because it has Chinese subtitles. Mm -hmm. But then English speaking people got wind of it. And then... English-speaking Chinese people got wind of it, and then like it blew up, and then uh -oh. it first got pulled from Chinese theaters, and now we don't even know if it's ever going to come back. I do know that they they plan to edit out that joke mm -hmm. because it's really inconsequential. Um, this it's not like plot related or anything; it's just a really poor taste uh, joke. And so I didn't know that the movie was already out in other countries. I thought it was going to come out in like the next week, uh, in the coming week or the week after. Um, so yeah, uh, I was never intending on planning to see it. So I honestly don't care. <laughs> I think it's in their best interest to have it reappear because I think China is a big market for these kind of movies. Oh, they're going to lose a lot on this. Yeah. So I can tell you that much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that movie has brought nothing but trouble because, like, I think we talked about it a while ago. But one of the the the, the stunt women uh, on the movie uh, got into an accident during shooting and lost an arm. So ah, okay, that's not great. Yeah, and she sued the production company, and she she won that she won that uh, lawsuit. So that's nice. But still, that's not gonna bring her arm back. Like, sheesh. No. Yeah, I mean that's 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 something that like of all the movies to lose your arm on, it should not be the Monster Hunter movie. <laughs> no, put it lightly. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the game, however, looks excellent. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you think of the demo when it comes out next month. Yeah, the only thing that I don't like is that it says limited time only, which makes absolutely no sense. If it's a beta, say it's a beta. Don't say limited time only for a demo. It, it, I don't know whose decision that was. Nintendo, Capcom, both. I don't know. It's a dumb decision. Yeah. So I hope that people pick up the demo on time so that they can play it. Um, and, you know, I'm really curious to see how that game is going to be. Um, got me so excited that I re-downloaded Monster Hunter World on my PlayStation 4. So whenever I'm done with Nier Automata, I'm going to go back to that. Nice. Um, I think we get to, we come to the last game that caught everybody by surprise. Yeah, this teaser. I honestly, I didn't. I wasn't sure what the teaser was going after, and until I saw the N seven logo buried in the snow, and it's like, yep. oh, it's this. It's yep. Mass Effect, exactly. And then you see Liara, and it's like, oh, okay. Yep, it's apparently set directly after the events of Mass Effect three, so that's yeah. pretty nice. Um. Who knows what but it's like uh the game is in early pre-production so i think it's at least three maybe four years before we get to see it or plenty of time for me to do the trilogy again 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm actually looking forward to that because I, I finished Mass Effect 1 and 2. I never finished 3. And Same here. Same I'm, here. I'm really happy that they're doing a remaster. So it's already coming out in a few months. So that's one of those games. I'm like, hey, I am actually looking forward to this remaster. Yeah. Um, I still have a decent like chunk on my save file. I might just finish it up on my current save file. Oh, that was an idea. Yeah, I played them all on PC at the time. Yeah, um, yeah, I got it on PC because I figured the um, because I, because I got it for cheap on Steam the first game, and then I realized that if I wanted to continue my story, I needed to buy it on the same system because yeah. you know back then you don't have like safe transfer from console to PC, <laughs> yeah. so I had to do it that way, um, which really sucks because I am not a fan of the PC controls. <laughs> I have better, never been uh, a fan of the PC controls. They got better, but the only reason why it got better is because Mass Effect 2 was made with console in mind, yep. whereas Mass Effect 1 was not made with console in mind. Yeah. And even then, they did not add the gamepad controls to either game, so the, uh, to either 2 or 3. So hopefully with the, the, the remastered pack, they might do that for 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. And then we get to the awards themselves. Yeah. Um, are we gonna go the, through them like really quickly, or are we just gonna pick some of the some of them to talk about something that like really caught our eyes? Or there are a lot of awards given. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you should just pick three, and I'll pick three. Yeah. So. Uh... I think one of the most obvious, I mean, I'm going to go with one of the more obvious ones, which is um, best action adventure game was Last of Us Part Two, which, you know, kind of, that, that was kind of obvious that it was going to win that. Yeah. Um, what I was pleasantly surprised by was the, that Final Fantasy VII won best RPG. Yeah, I didn't expect Cause I, that. Because I was almost afraid that it would go to Genshin Impact. And no disrespect to Genshin Impact, but that is not a game I would call best RPG of the year. Yeah. It probably got the most like buzz around it outside of Final Fantasy VII Remake. But it is not the best. Yeah. By far. <laughs> it's a good game. It's solid. Um, the art style is pretty, but as an RPG, it's kind of lacking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't played the games and I don't intend to play it until they all come out and then I can just play them all in one go. So I'll probably won't play it for the next 10 years or something. Um, <laughs> but hey, maybe one day. Nah, I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I, even as someone as who's not a big fan of Final Fantasy VII, um, re appreciate what they did um how it looks like how it plays plays really well um i at least enjoyed it way more than i did final fantasy 15 which is saying a lot um or not enough <laughs> depending on how you look at it um best okay i'm gonna lump these two together because they're both uh they're the only ones that got nominated for those two categories um am i missing it or if i'm looking over it so Among Us won for best uh, multiplayer game. Yeah, didn't expect and that. And it as also well. won, and it also won for best mobile game. Yep, which is astounding considering the fact that the game came out in 2018. Yeah, and I think I thought Genshin Impact is going to grab mobile. It didn't. 
I thought that in multiplayer something like a Warzone would grab it. It didn't. Nope. Yeah, people even people on Twitch are like, oh yeah, it's probably gonna go to like Fortnite and it yeah. went to Among Us. And I thought with oh. ongoing game as well. No Man's Sky got ongoing game. I didn't expect that as well. Yeah. I thought Fortnite's gonna get it. Yeah, that they, they even even uh, even Sean Murray was surprised. Yeah, even he was like, "Oh wow!" I mean, normally this goes to, <laughs> goes to Fortnite. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, thank you. It's like yeah, it's good. But yeah, Among Us. Oh, that was really nice to see though, because the developers like were so moved. Yeah. By the fact that they won best multiplayer and best, I don't know why the the, the IGN list does not have best multiplayer. Um, best multiplayer and best uh, mobile game. So, you know, kudos for them. I mean, they were about to give up on Among Us before it went big this year. I mean, they had, they were planning on bringing out Among Us 2 early next year, and then it blew up. And then they said, you know what? We're going to focus on Among Us 1. Yeah. We're going to add new, uh, we're going to add new stuff to it. And we're just going to do that. And they even announced a new map, yep. uh, which is the, which is the hi-hat airship. Um, the trailer was really funny for it, though. <laughs> it was it was your typical um, your typical Among Us fair, and they also had dropped for like a really short time during um, during uh, the Game Awards, like for a half hour. You could get the like, Jeff Keighley mask. Jeff or something like mask. That? I was like, dang it, I kind of wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, play as Jeff Keighley. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. Um, but yeah. Um, so so that's my second pick. That's kind of cheating there. Sorry about that. And then my third one, and I think we can both agree on this one, is the innovation in accessibility, which is the first time that they've had this award. Um, as I was hinting to earlier, uh, this was presented by uh, Reggie Fizeme, and it went to The Last of Us Part Two. And I know that we talked about this before because you were talking about it back when it came out, that the accessibility features for it were pretty extensive. It is. Uh, I think it's the benchmark now for accessibility in a game. And I was surprised that uh, I think Watch Dogs Legion and Assassin's Creed Valhalla were also nominated in the category. But I remember yeah. that they made such a big deal out of uh, that The Last of Us had all these options because they also just work with people that have a disability, for example. And a lot of people came out and said, like, I rarely enjoy a game or have the ability to enjoy a game as much as I could with The Last of Us because you just thought about everyone instead of the the the, 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 the casual people or stuff like that. Yeah. If you can hear somebody screaming, it's fine to go crazy. Sorry for that. I'm really happy right now. Yeah, he's also very happy that uh, The Last of Us Part yeah, probably, 2 for innovation yeah. and accessibility. Yeah, probably. And, and the funny <laughs> thing is, is that the award will, it's a, it's a category that the Game Awards will have every year from now on. So it's yeah. not a one-time thing. Yeah, it's good because that means that it'll push developers to include like these kind of features, right? Yeah. Because that's because that's I think I think that's one of the reasons why you would add something like innovation and accessibility is to drive that particular kind of innovation in gaming forward yeah so uh i'm curious to see what the future will hold for gaming uh with all eyes on you know stuff like uh accessibility yeah so those are uh my three my three picks uh what are yours i would go for best action game which is hades 
I, I haven't played Hades, but I hear great things about the game, and I'm really happy that it got uh, that award. Um, I saw some, I saw some like, like top tier, like not top tier. Um, I saw some like grade A like let's play footage of it. It's really fun to see. Yeah, I, I hope the game <laughs> it's fun to watch people playing that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to play it. Another game that that uh, I'm happy for was uh, best art direction went to uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love Ghost of Tsushima. That game is just well-deserved. Well yeah. And, and I mean, like, the general thing in, in these awards was that The Last of Us won a lot. And I think that a lot of people were expecting that. Um, at, at, at the same time, I was maybe a bit hesitant and, ex- and not expecting it because there were also a lot of criticism on it. I mean, mm-hmm. Game of the Year, I did not expect the Last of Us Part Two to get Game of the Year. I thought it would go to something else, just because people were like, "Yeah, but the, ga- the Last of Us Part Two is a great game, but the backlash or the criticism it had made it lose it." But at the same time, it did touch upon subjects that you don't see a lot about in gaming, and it it is a really mature game to put it that way, not from a a violence or a gore, but more from a story and inclusion part. Um, so I was really happy for for Naughty Dog to get the award. Uh, I didn't expect it. I thought, okay, maybe a Hades might get it or a, a, an Animal Crossing might get it. Um, I think next year will be extra exciting because we'll, if all goes to plan, we will have a Cyberpunk in that nomination pool. We will have a God of War in that nomination pool. We might even have a Breath of the Wild sequel in that nomination pool, so that will be truly an interesting. Um... I'm not gonna lie; I'm a little bit worried about Cyberpunk being in next year's pool because it doesn't always pan out that something that comes out at the end of the year that did not make the cut for that year specifically mm-hmm. gets remembered by the next cycle. So the question is: Will it be able to maintain? Well, it has one thing going for it, and that's having the PlayStation 5 and Xbox versions uh, coming out for them sometime next year. So that might reinvigorate it, might get people to come back to it. You know, the digital foundry fanboys come in and, like, do the comparison stuff. Yeah. Um, so So in that regard, they might be able to get a second win from that. I don't. Because they did announce that they're also going to add DLC, I think. Yeah, both. Paid and there's and also paid. still the multiplayer stuff that's coming. Oh, the multiplayer is coming in 2022 or maybe even later. Ooh, okay. That yeah. means that there's not going to be a lot of conversation. I mean, if you look at what they did with The Witcher, with the two expansions they brought out for The Witcher, the paid expansions, besides all the free content they did, the those were, in some cases, games on their own. They had so much content in there that it could have been a a separate game on its own. And yeah. I don't think that they're going to do it any different there with Cyberpunk. Um, it's just that, I mean, God of War is also going to be a heavy hitter, and Breath of the Wild is also going to be a heavy hitter. Horizon, it, Forgotten West. I, I, I don't think, I mean, I love Horizon Zero Dawn, but I don't think that is game of the year material i mean it can i think it can easily grab an, an action adventure an art direction a, a game direction uh i don't know i mean we don't know what's gonna happen with those games we also don't know if god of war is gonna make it next year i honestly don't think so but you know yeah i don't think so either. yeah it feels too too good to be true because 
we have Horizon coming out, we have God of War coming out, we have all the games that haven't even been announced yet that are coming out. Yeah. Uh yeah, I yeah, next year's gonna be weird. I think um, it's gonna be the start of a great generation. Yeah, like I said, I feel that next year is truly gonna be like that transitional year. Because we're going to see a lot of things still come out for the current generation games. We're going to yeah. see a lot of stuff coming out for the new, for the, the new generation games. Um, we're going to see a mix of it. We're going to see exclusives for them. It's going to be a while before we're going to see like specifically exclusives all around for both PlayStation 5 and Xbox. Um, and with the rumors of a, of a Switch Pro coming out or a next-gen Switch or whatever you want to call it, um, next year is going to be like crazy. Oh, and we also have uh, Halo Infinite coming out next year because they confirmed it's now slated for fall 2021. Yeah, a whole year later. You know, I was I mentioned this the other day to someone. I said, like, okay, but what if the fans hadn't reacted in the way that they did when the game was first shown a couple of months ago? Would they still have brought out the game? I don't think so. Maybe. No, I don't think so. Because a lot of the communication is... We take your feedback really seriously, and it is that you that you provided us with such critical feedback that we decided to go back to the drawing board. I mean, I is that something so. real, or is that maybe something to appease the fans? Like, yeah, if we say this, the fans will be happy. No, nah, because think about it: a lot of people left the project in the, in the in the in the tw- in the time when it got shown the first time until we got that news. A lot of people left. Yeah, like a lot of big people left. A lot of pe- people that were brought in to help also left. Yeah, they brought, so doing some in heavyweights, they brought in um, Joseph. Uh, I keep on forgetting his name. Joseph Staten or something like that. The guy was uh, part of the original Halo team, I think. And he went and Bungie. to uh, yeah. Bungie, and he w- was a pretty big player on Destiny. And now they brought him back in. So. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know what went. I don't know what went, went wrong with that project, but clearly something went wrong because even if it was because of fan backlash, I don't think they would de- delay it for an entire year. I'm pretty sure way more stuff was going on with that game than than we all totally. were thinking. Yeah. So pff, I don't know. Um, yeah. So do you have a top three of game of the year for yourself? Maybe a for myself. Yeah, I do. Um, for myself, in no particular order. Uh, no, it has to be. In, it has to be in an order. No, no. It, it has to be. So you're no, because yes. that's stupid. Because, <laughs> I, because I wouldn't be it's able to rank it. Because you're, it's just so hard for you to rank it. Yeah, because I want. Because what are the criteria I would be ranking it on? You know, because the I that made the most impact on you this year. Yeah, that would be Animal Crossing because I spent like four months on the dang game. But I wouldn't call it the absolute best game I played. Okay. So I mean, if, if we're going to be fair, probably the game that the best game that I played this year is would be Marvel Spider-Man. And I'm talking about like the 2018 I version. That's I only because I finished it this year. I know. But if we're going to talk about games that came out this year, I can't. I don't really have a specific one that I can say like, okay, this is the one that I would 100% throw my weight into it because that's the best game I played. Um, okay, so just name three. So Animal Crossing? Yeah, so Animal Crossing would be one. Hyrule Warriors. Okay. Age of Calamity. Um, 
I'll be talking about that in what we've been playing. And crap, even that's hard. You can pick Spider Man if you want. No, nah, no, nah, that's not it. Um, Final Fantasy Seven remake. Yeah, see, I want. I was gonna say Final Fantasy Seven remake, and then I thought about our conversation in our in our uh, in our spoiler extravaganza about Last of Us Part Two, and I'm like. There are elements on The Last of Us Part Two that I didn't like. But the experience as a whole was something that I've never experienced before. You know, outside of maybe the first game. And even compared to the first game, the second game does a lot of stuff that the first game didn't. Um, mostly because the second game improved on some gameplay as the, you know, gameplay stuff, especially like the being able to hide in tall grass and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love going prone in that game. <laughs> who, who would have you can, that such a simple mechanic could have such a big impact? Yeah, because you didn't really have like a proper, like you had a cover mechanic, but you didn't have like a, a stealth mechanic. And you, you'd think that a stealth mechanic would be like a no-brainer, but apparently it wasn't. <laughs> um, at least not for the first game. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I, oof. So last um, I'm going to, uh, sorry, I'm going to have to cheat again and say both. Like Final Fantasy VII and oh. Last of Us. For, the, for, 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 for different reasons. Because Final Fantasy VII Remake is not a game that I expected to grab me. Because again, like I said before, I'm not a Final Fantasy VII fan. Um, I'm more of a Final Fantasy VI fan. That's because I'm old. Um, but Final Fantasy VII Remake does something that I don't think that Final Fantasy Remake does something that truly earned the remake name and it and is that it remixed the story just enough for new fans to not feel alienated but at for the same time for for people that are like super ingrained into the story get something new out of it it's not just a rehash of the same game okay so that's one of the reasons why it's on my list and last of us part 2 is just um yeah, it's just a really good. It's just a really good game. Nice. Like in like in general, like the the sound engineering, the story, um, you know, for better or worse, um, it looks like the, the the art direction. It's really nice. Um, yeah, even though it's it's set in like a loop of seven days, you're still getting like a lot of different elements because you also have like backflashes and stuff like that that take place in different times and. One of the things that I also one of the things is that they had uh, Troy Baker on stage to um, announce a performance by um, oh my goodness what's what's the guy's name again from Pearl Jam again I don't know I forgot um, he's the guy that wrote the the song I, that's I know in who it is I just yeah I, I forget I'm I'm sorry um, but he told this story about uh, how at I think around the end of the the first Last of Us, it was in Last of uh, One, yeah. Yeah, Neil Druckmann asked both him and um, yeah, thank you. Uh, like, if they weren't actors, what would they have done? And he answered that he would be a musician, and she answered that she would have been an astronaut. Nope. And they incorporated that Neil incorporated that into the backstories of. Uh, of, of Joel and Ellie, and I think that's that was a really that was really pretty. That was like a really cool thing that he did. Yeah, and it, it just shows like how much 
effort was put into like crafting these characters and making them believable. And yeah, I yeah, that's why I, that's why I had to do that. Uh, sorry, but um, don't go emotional on us now. <laughs> I'm not gonna go emotional. It's just <laughs> it's just uh, yeah. I mean, Last of Us Part Two did have an impact. Um, it had a great impact. It's also one of the reasons why it won so many awards. Yeah. Um, but I can't, you know, but I can't betray what I enjoyed. And I enjoyed Final Fantasy VII Remake a lot. And I'm looking forward to the next games. Um, hopefully, with a little bit of luck, we might get some new trailers next year um, uh, for the next part and see where that story is going. And the fact that they added Sephiroth to Smash Brothers is also, like, ridiculous and big. So that might be teasing something else. Hopefully, we'll finally get a Switch version of that game because I think the exclusivity on that game runs out next year. So I'm, we're probably going to see like an Xbox version of Final Fantasy VII Remake come out sometime next year. Hopefully, we might see a Switch version of it come out if there's like a next generation Switch or whatever. Um, so yeah, the, those are my three slash four picks. Nice. <laughs> What are yours? Uh, I don't know. Um, I th- one would be Ghost of Tsushima. I really enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima. And I still want to go back and get the Platinum. Um, so yeah, I mean, I-, I like the story. I love the open world. The game just looks gorgeous. There are some parts in it that you walk through the golden forest, for example. You have all these golden leaves falling off of the trees, which is just amazing. Um, and, and combat is just so satisfying. They nailed combat with Katana. I mean, oh my God. Um, <laughs> if there was a, a horde mode in it in which you had to kind of Dynasty Warrior style chop up hundreds of enemies, I would love it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, th- that would be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, another would be, I think, I, I think it would be Total War Troy. I mean, I like strategy games. And How far uh, did you get in that one, man? I well, I have my Steam account. Oh, it's on the Epic Games Store. Oh crap! I could have checked in uh, on Steam how many hours. But I, I, I think I put a lot in it. I'm pretty far. I still haven't finished my initial campaign, but I'm pretty far along in it. And mm-hmm. I'm. And the cool thing about this is, is it has a far more clearly fo- focused story. So I play with Achilles. So there's there's a far more clear path to follow. And and I am trying to follow that path, but at the same time. I'm trying to take over all of Greece. So kind of like the world domination mode that I play. Because, you know, after I have made China grow so large, I wanted to make uh, Greece also grow larger. (laughs) If you haven't listened to earlier episodes of the podcast, you won't understand the reference. Um, But yeah, Troy is is really nice. And uh, I see that the game got a lot of updates. They even added the multiplayer mode and a multiplayer campaign to it in November. So um, I am uh, really excited to, to jump back into it again. Um, and, and I saw other games coming out as well, such as uh, Age of Empires 3 Remake came out. So I'm thinking about getting Game Pass and then playing that again. Um, so yeah, we didn't get a lot of strategy games, but the ones that we did get are pretty good. Uh, yeah. So that would be my number two pick. And then my number three pick would be it feels like I didn't play a lot of games this year. I probably did, but it's it's just that there weren't a lot of big titles, so you tend to gravitate towards the the the, the common one. I think a third one would have to be Last of Us. 
I mean, I had my issues with the story, but besides that, it is still an amazing game. I mean, it's a well-crafted game. Like it's like art, like art, like oh, I want it. I want it artisanal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the combat is satisfying. The, the the fact that they added prone to it and you can just use the environment in different ways. Um, the characters, I mean, Abby grew on me after a while. Um, I, I still think they could have done things differently from a story point of view, but, you know, you will always have that. And um, I'm, I'm probably going to play it a second time uh, in, in a while because I just, you know, I think maybe if you play it a second time, you will have a different experience because the first time you're playing it, you're just experiencing it all for the first time. And you're like, oh, I just want to know where this goes to. And now you kind of know where it goes to. So you, you get more time to focus on other stuff in the game. Uh, it's the same like watching a movie for the second time. You you notice other things. Um, yeah. So I, I think I will have a similar experience. Um, they, they have said that they're not done with the Last of Us universe so that there is probably a three coming somewhere down the road. We don't know when, but uh, honestly, I hope that the next game that Naughty Dog makes or Naughty Dog inspired game is a new Uncharted because I I love that franchise. Um, yeah, they might. I mean, the movie is coming out. Yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's that's basically it for me as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that is it for our special Game Awards edition of the news segment. Um, stick around and we'll be right back with what we've been playing. And we're back with the second and final segment of the episode, which is what we've been playing. Sean Templar, what have you been playing? I have been playing a lot, actually. Um... I bought some games in the Black Friday sale, so I got uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2 on the PS4. Ooh, I've nice. been uh, I've been playing that because I finished the uh, the first one earlier this year, and um, I- I'm a fan. I mean, uh, it, it <laughs> the game is a little bit weird to put it that way. I, I think it's it's people call it really Japanese. I don't know. Um, well, it is set in Japan. Yeah, I mean it's. It looks gorgeous. It plays really nice. The world feels more alive. It's set in Osaka. It feels more alive than in the first one. Um, there are a lot of side things you can do. Combat has been really improved because in the first one you had um, multiple fighting stances. And then these will all had impact on the way you fight with your enemy. Um here so far it's only one fighting stance and then you can just yeah, that's because the fighting stance stuff was imported from yakuza zero when they did kiwami they imported the fighting style from zero ah okay. uh, into uh into uh kiwami because yeah, the original we... one also didn't have like fighting stances the original kiwami had it the first one the first the first no the original on playstation 2 i mean Oh, yeah, because in Kiwami, you have the fighting stances, but in Kiwami 2, yeah. you don't have them. So that's kind of yeah. strange for me. But, I mean, it's really nice because I, I hated switching between the stances because you had to figure it out for every boss. So now it's just, you can just use the combos. And you can also, um, you have, for example, uh, a food mechanic in that your character gets hungry. And then you can eat different kinds. And based on what you eat, 
you get certain points and those points spec into different areas of your character, such as health or combos or heat or sprinting. So it's, it feels a lot more natural to upgrade your character. Um, it's just crazy how fast he gets hungry because you have like this meter that you need to fill a stomach meter and a hundred. Have, have, have you seen that ripped bod that he has? Oh, that's so strange. I mean, <laughs> there was this mini game and uh, a mini uh, side quest, and then just some dude randomly approaches you on the on the street and says, "Hey, you look like a, a model. Can you help me out? I'm looking for a model. My boss is gonna kill me because we had a shoot and our model canceled. Blah blah blah." And then you can say, "Yeah, yes or no." I was like, "Oh, why not? I need the money." So then you walk into this office space, and then they tell like, "Yeah, yeah, my boss is gonna come, and he's uh, the photographer, so he's gonna take pictures of you as well." And then. Uh, a half-naked dude in a really tight spandex short appears and he's the, the, the director slash the photographer and he really thinks he's something and you have to take off your shirt and pose in awkward positions and you can choose what kind of pose you want to do and it's like, oh, Kiryu, I want you to feel uh, shy. Show me manliness because that is also to be shy or random stuff like that. And then you can choose which stance you want to pose you want to do. And then uh, eventually the, you figure out that they're kind of lying to you and you're like hey, confronting them with it. And then it turns out to be a fight. And then you kick the guy's ass and they're like, oh, so sorry that we conned you. We just want to be so successful and blah, blah, blah. And that was one of the stranger side quests I did. Um, but the, the funny thing is, is the translation because the game is Japanese and the voice acting is really good, except that the subtitles and is different than the first one because here they either use a lot of slang or they they try to generalize the subtitles because here they say stuff like "your I'm gonna kick your ass" and I'm like nobody says "your." I think it has to do with the fact that the when it when. The first uh, Yakuza game came out in the West. That was all English dub. Like they had like this stellar voice cast doing it um, for uh, in English, and that kind of flopped. And then when they decided to bring the second one over, yeah. they said, "Yeah, we're not going to waste like that kind of money just on localizing it. We're just going to keep the Japanese voices." In. Yeah, I mean, that's and, fine, the, and, but... it, and I'm assuming that they they relocalized the game, but the relocalization takes into account the original localization. Yeah. It's, so maybe that one, that one different. It's, it's yeah. This, it, and it happens a lot. So like the subtitles, the titles, you, you read it and then they just say weird stuff and you're like, but this wouldn't be, this isn't something they say in English or this doesn't really match with what you expect them to say because you kind of expect them to be polite and respectful and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I need. I, I, I think I'm. I played it for like two or three days straight, so I don't know how far I am in the story. Um, liking it so far, um, and then I suddenly got a surprise moment in which uh, a friend of mine was able to secure a PS5 through Amazon UK, and he said, "Hey, I know you really want one, so you know when it comes in, you can just buy mine." And I was just completely shocked. I was like. It was a really nice gesture. So I was like, wow, that's really amazing. I'll try to secure one in the meantime. If I can, you can ha you can still use it and have yours. Otherwise, I, I would love to buy it off you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And on the same day, I got surprised and I got an email from the retailer that I pre-ordered it saying, finally, your PS5 has come in. And I thought it was a joke. I mean, like, 
what? So I raced over to the retailer and they said, yep, your PS5 is right here. So you can take it with you right now. So I took it home. Um, I bought Miles Morales for it. I already had Watch Dogs Legion. So the first thing I played was Astro's Playroom, which is, I never expected it to have an impact, but that game is just, it's a free game you get. It's like six or seven hours. It is an amazing game. A lot of people say it's a tech demo for the controller and partially it is, but it's just a fun platformer. And they go through all the, the, the thingies that the controller has. And a lot of people say the controller is, is next gen or next level. And I thought, yeah, 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 whatever. But I can confirm it is next gen and next level. I mean, <laughs> the resistance you feel in the triggers, the, the the small, subtle vibration the controller makes when you're walking over different kinds of surfaces with Astro. Um, Astro itself is a really funny character. He, he, he has like an attention span of a, of a squirrel. So if you, if you don't play the game or if you don't move for two seconds, he grabs a PS Vita or he puts on a PSVR headset and he does these weird animations. Um, it's a really fun game and it's really cool that they just throw it in there. Um, it's also cool to see that you can collect puzzle pieces and relics. And those relics are basically old PlayStation things like the iToy camera or the PS3 or the DualShock controller. But it's modeled so, so, so detailed that you can just, you can move it around and you can even read the stickers on the back with the manufacturing information and stuff like that. And it's really high quality. You're like, whoa, this is just yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, so it was really nice. And then... I started playing Miles Morales, and um, I mean, it's it's basically Spider-Man, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, I loved Spider-Man, and he has Venom powers, which add a different uh, flair to the combat. Um, he's, of course, a younger, a, bit, a little bit more inexperienced Spider-Man. Um, it is, um, they don't have the, the merry, they don't have a, a change in pace, kind of like they did with the by the 2018 Spider-Man, so you don't have any Mary Jane moments, stuff like that in there. It's all Miles, and it's basically almost all swinging around. And well, I, I I like the Mary Jane parts. It was like a change of pace, kind of sneaking around, stealthy. That engine was not made for stealth. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I liked it. It it, it added something else to the game. So this is all Miles. Um, there's some really cool suits in there. They even have the the, the animated suit from uh, Into the Spider-Verse, and then the game actually mimics that style, so it, it looks like he's walking around choppy, but that's supposed to happen. Yeah, they animated him on two, it's just yeah. like they did in the movie. It yeah. looks so ridiculous. That, that's really nice. Um, I actually finished the game last night, um, and, and I liked it. I mean, I think I, I, I want to jump back into Spider-Man Remastered. I'll do that eventually. It's also cool that I played the game initially in the 30 FPS 4K mode. And then they brought out an update this week, which enables 60 FPS, because you can choose between 4K 30 or 60 and then dynamic 4K. Uh, mm -hmm. But the 4K 30 has ray tracing and the, and the 60 doesn't. And this week they brought out an update, which adds 60 FPS with ray tracing and then a dynamic resolution. The, the ray tracing is not as detailed as the 4K 30, but um, it, it's still nice, and it, it felt really strange to play this game at 60 FPS because I was used to the 30. It was so <laughs> buttery smooth that I just, I, I was kind of shocked. I'm like, whoa, this is so smooth. And then those takedowns looked super slick, and the boss battle, it just, I, it, I was, it was as if I was playing a completely different game. I was <laughs> mind blown by it.
Um, I, I'm going to do a new game plus because I want the platinum for it. And you have to do the new game plus to get the platinum. And they also locked a few of the, the, the abilities behind new game plus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There is one critique I do have for the game. And that is that I know that the original Spider-Man had a lot of collectible stuff. But here it looks like they put more effort in making a lot of collectible stuff in the world and less missions because there's a lot of collectible stuff. And I got it all. But it, eventually it looked like there wasn't coming in, there wasn't no end in sight because they would add newer things as you progress through the missions. Um, by the way, fast travel is just insane. It is <laughs> your fast travel and it's literally screen fades to black, screen, screen unfades from black and that's it. It's literally two seconds fast travel. I'm like, what? (laughs) And and the PS5 in general is just really fast. I mean, you probably heard it. You've probably seen it. You don't need me telling you how amazing the PS5 is because it is. And I mean, you Uh know, I I just can't wait. I mean, I've been watching a lot of Demon's Souls streams because I'm not a Souls fan. It's, It's because I'm not patient enough, I think, for the kind of game. And it's also because... I don't, I don't know. It's too gritty, too dark, too uh, weird with all the monsters and the creepy, weird-looking monsters. But I've been watching a lot of streams for Demon Souls, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think I'm gonna buy it. I just want to have, I just want to, yeah, I, w- I kind of want it off my bucket list and be able to say like, I finished the Souls game, and I don't know if I will, but based on what I've seen in the streams, like. If I have enough patience, I can pull this off. Yeah, I uh, uh, if if and when I do pick up the PlayStation Five, I don't think I'm gonna pick up Demon Souls until I until I finish playing Dark Souls, um, because I have because I just have to. At yeah. this point, I just have to. It's just it's not it's not a it's not a matter of pride. It's just a matter of uh, what not pride, but what yeah, what I'm looking for a matter of uh yeah just a matter of cause okay i just, I just have to do it um because i feel like I, I haven't earned playing demon souls if i haven't finished dark souls yet. you do know that demon souls was there first right i know i know but this is like a completely new version of that game so um you know finish finish what you start before you go to the next one yeah. uh, which is yeah. basically what i've been doing uh anything else you've been playing um yeah there's a little game that came out the other day and it literally caused Steam to go offline or crash or whatever. <laughs> and it's called Cyberpunk 2077. And it's finally out. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing. I mm. bought it on a PC and um, uh, I have a, a RTX 2070 Super. In my, but like I, I have a pretty high-end PC. I built it last year. I have At the time, it was the, the best of the best from a hardware point of view besides my graphics card i got a 2070 super because i didn't i couldn't justify buying a 2080 ti for 1500 bucks um but besides that the game and i know that there's a lot of more to squeeze out of the game from an optimization point of view but i can run the game at 4k a high settings and i have dlss on auto and it's around 50 60 fps so it's pretty smooth even in combat and it just looks so stunning. I mean, I play as the Corpo uh, path, and as soon as I started that, that like that that moment, it starts with your character in a bathroom looking into a mirror. It felt like something out of Blade Runner, 
and I actually had that moment where I felt like this is next gen gaming. And I, and I didn't even have that with my, with my PS5. I mean, the PS5 felt like a natural evolution of a lot of games. And maybe that's because, of, I don't know, I haven't played Demon's Souls or something. Because apparently Demon's Souls, I mean, from what I've seen, Demon's Souls looks gorgeous. But here I felt like, oh my God, this is next-gen gaming. This is so beautiful. And I know there's mixed stories because the PS4 build and the Xbox One build aren't as beautiful. A lot of people say, like, play it on PC. I'm wowed. And yes, the game is in an unstable state. I mean, I have had bugs. I mean, if you look into the mirror, my character's bald, and I actually have hair on my head. So it doesn't, <laughs> in, in the reflections, it just shows you with no hair. Um, I have really? a, oh. oh, that's what he was talking about. A friend of mine was like, yeah, um, I have clothes on, but my character looks naked in the mirror. Well, that's one. And I have, I, I was, there's this companion you have. He's called Jackie. You've seen him in the trailers. He yeah. was eating noodles at a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a moment. So you need to go to him, sit next to him. And then he has chopsticks in his hands. And when he's not eating, he has two chopsticks. When he's eating, his chopsticks turn into four. So it's kind of like one animation is stuck. His hand is stuck. And then he's trying to do the animation. So he has four chopsticks. And then it goes back to two. Um, I've had game crashing bugs that it just throws me back to desktop a couple of times at the most random moments um i have a an an issue that you need to drive through two gates with your car gates that are basically half open and then you just drive through the first one and then the gate just breaks open and then with the second one you just get stuck and it literally said it looks like you can just drive through it and then you have to do this awkward motion in going forward backwards and then your car starts to bounce and then it 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 shoots out away. <laughs> yeah, really strange. I mean, apparently The Witcher 3 also had issues when it came out, and they fixed it. And a lot of people are expecting um, this game to be fixed as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking about holding off playing it right now just because I want to have a great experience. Even though my experience so far has been really good, I, I want to have an even better one. And I think if I would just wait like two or three weeks, I will have a, an even better one. Um, I'm also thinking about getting the PS5 version when it comes out next year because I also want to play this game on console. I played it with my Xbox One controller. It's, it's really nice. Um, but because I kind of did the tutorials with the with the keyboard and mouse, I, I kind of stuck to that. You couldn't get it to work with your Dual DualSense? Uh, I haven't tried it because I don't know if the DualSense has all the support. I know that Steam has some support for the DualSense. I don't know if it supports like everything, whereas with the Xbox One controller, it's just plug and play. All right. Curious to see if they'll add that. I kind of hope they do because that would be really interesting to see. <laughs> I, I mean, like the, the 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 resistance on the triggers, for example, for the dual sense is pretty sick. I, I downloaded Horizon Zero Dawn, um, and I, I mean, there's I didn't expect it to be there, but there's resistance on the triggers when you uh, there's tension on the triggers. Oh, so they they, they, have, they have an enhanced version of it then. I I don't know, but this is in there. So like I I was looking at an enemy, and I want to shoot him with my bow, and then I started. Wait, to did knock you download it from the play, Did you download it from the PlayStation collection? Uh, no, it's not in there. So I I bought the game digitally at the time, really? so I just downloaded it, and I felt resistance or tension on my trigger while I was drawing my bow and arrow. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Okay. All yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, um, and besides, I, I probably played some other stuff as well. It's just that I'm just forgetting it because of the excitement for these games. Mm-hmm. Um, I intend to finish Watch Dogs next, 
and then uh, when I finished that game, I I bought Hitman Two in the in the Black Friday sales. So I want to play that one as well, and I bought another game. I don't know, but I do like I want to. I think I'm gonna buy Demon Souls. It's just that I want to finish. I, I have a huge backlog on PS4, which I'm a bit shamed of. So my intention is to finish a game on the PS5 and then buy a new one instead of just frantically buy all sorts of games and never touch them. Um, because, yeah, I have a lot of games on the PS4 that I need to finish. And maybe I'll do that on the PS5. I mean, who knows? Um, yeah. Oh, and the silentness of the PlayStation is just crazy. It is, you can hear like subtly in the background. But, I mean, I have my PS4 in the same place as my PS5. And I still play Warzone and, and Modern Warfare on it. And it's still like a jet engine. I mean, <laughs> I, and when you're used to the PS5, you're like, whoa, what is this, man? <laughs> so yeah, that, that's oh. basically all that I have been playing and experiencing. What have you been playing? Um, I've been playing a lot. I've, there's based, I also bought some games on the, during the cyber deals on the eShop. Um, a buddy of mine hooked me up with some credits, so I was able to pick up a few games. Uh, one of them was uh, Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition. I uh, played that a little bit. Um, I also picked up uh, Katamari Damacy Reroll, which is also, I think it just got um, released on the, on the, on the next-gen systems on PlayStation 5 and Xbox. Um, that game so always looks so weird. I don't know why. It is weird. Um, but that was hugely popular at the time. I remember that. It wasn't. It was something it was, unique. It was a critical darling, but I don't think it sold. It sold enough for it to get a lot of sequels. Um, the, like the, the 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 director of that game like moved on a long time ago. Started his own like studio called uh, Shanana. Um, his studio did like Nobi Nobi Boy on PlayStation Three, um, uh, and uh, Major Miners Marching on Wii, and yeah, stuff like stuff like that. He does like weird, uh, weird abstract stuff in terms of games, uh, game design, which is really cool. And um, this is a really, really good um, remaster of the first game from PlayStation Two. Works really well. Looks really nice. Um, yeah, it's 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 Katamari Damacy. Um, it's probably the best version of Katamari Damacy. Um, like the other games that came out of out after the fact are okay, but they kind of feel like rehashes. Um, if you're gonna play a Katamari Damacy game, Reroll is probably the best way to go. Um, but um, like I said before, I finished two games and I continued on the next game on my PlayStation 4, which is Nier Automata. Um, the thing about Nier Automata is that it is not a game that you just finish once and that's it. That's just the beginning of the game um, because you then go into New Game Plus, and when you start New Game Plus, you play as a different character. Um, there are three, like, proper, three or four proper endings to the game, but the game has also a bunch of other side endings. For example... Did you know that if you let an android eat fish, it fries their it fries their circuitry, but they do enjoy the experience while they die. What? And then the game ends, and then you get really quick credits, and then you're back to the to the main what? the main menu. <laughs> well, in near automata, you play as uh you play as an android called Two B, um, 
and the world is post-apocalyptic. It's been overrun. It's all wildlife and like uh, machines that were sent by an alien race to take over the world. And the human race escaped to the moon. Um, and the androids are on this uh, orbital uh, station called the Bunker. And uh, they're in, they're based, they were tasked by the human race to um, wipe out the machine, inv- the machine and alien invaders uh, off the earth. And it's been like literally hundreds of years um, since it happened. And um, I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything about the game too much in terms of story because it gets really wild. I'm looking but, at the trend right but yeah, now. Like, yeah, like one of the things, like if you look at it, the first thing you're like, oh, this looks really Japanese and really hack and slashy. And I, and I watched a review of it late, uh, recently um, recommended by uh, my, uh, a buddy of mine. And it explains basically why a lot of people probably didn't pick up uh, Nier Automata, which is really a shame. Um, I also, like if, you, if you're interested in something truly different in gaming, um, pick up Nier Automata. Um, you can probably pick up the Yora Yora uh, Yora Game of the Year edition um, for a decent price. Uh, I think it was on sale during Black Friday. I I wouldn't put it past them to put it on sale uh, in the end of year stuff. Um, but if you don't, it's like forty bucks on the on PSN, and you probably could get it even cheaper if you buy it uh, in a store. Um, but yeah, it is. It is crazy. Like I said, it is crazy. Um, there are multiple ways that you can finish the game. Um, I, I don't want to spoil them. I just wanted to share that one because that one was something that I wasn't expecting to happen. Because the game was like, oh, this character wants to give you a fish. I'm like, okay. And it's like, here, it's a fish. I don't want to try it. But here you go. You try and eat it. Um, I don't care what happens. Bye. And I was like, okay. I'm- Guess I'll try and eat the fish. I mean, I know I'm an android, but maybe it can di- No, it cannot digest it, and the game's over. Oh, and I didn't save. Oops. Oh no! <laughs> it counted. It counted that I finished the game. So it. So you see, like on your status, um, on your save game, it shows you the amount of the which endings you got, and they're all alphabetical. So the first ending is A. And the 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 ending with the fish is ending K. Okay. <laughs> so there's like the different letters of uh, there are different letters of the alphabet. I don't I don't know if it's the full twenty six mm. letters of the alphabet. I think it's a little bit more than that. But uh, yeah, that was that was a thing. Wow. <laughs> it was like oh crap. Well, luckily for me, I did save before that, so only a few things um i had to redo and i was like okay i'm gonna get the fish but this time i'm not gonna do it because i already got that ending. <laughs> i already know what happens so uh yeah it's uh yeah it's really it's yeah i mean in terms of like you should look beyond just the combat because the combat is um is like a whole different kind of thing because the main game is action action you know action rpg so like hack and slashy but then you have like these hacker moments and these top-down shooter moments um and these big gigantic boss battles and um quests that you do for other characters other androids 
utter robots and it and the world is just really weird um i don't know if this uh, this is something i i want to spoil uh, but since the game has been out for a little while, I'm going to spoil this one other thing. You fight a horde... This is early on in the game, so it's fine. You fight a horde of machines that are exhibiting very human-like behavior. Like, for example, um, there's one that's rocking a bassinet back and forth as if it has a child in it and trying to coddle the child to sleep. Um, you see multiple machines performing the human act of love. And I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. And then you start fighting them. And then they turn into a uterus <laughs> that gives birth to a robot that looks like an android. Okay, please stop. This is getting weird. <laughs> You see, this is the reason why I don't play JRPGs. But here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Plus, there's way more commentary into it that you think. It just starts off really weird. But I'm on the second playthrough, and it goes way more deeper into like the connections and stuff. And it asks these really uh, um, uh, philosophical questions. And you start, and you start wondering about these machines, and you're thinking, okay, um, there's a lot more to this than I, than there is to it, and I kind of want to learn more about what's going on in this world. So again, I know there are some weird stuff in it, and honestly, part of the weird stuff is the hook of this game. But the real hook of this game is how the game is played, the story it's presenting, and the questions that it's asking. Not just of the characters in the game, but of yourself. Oh, so, deep. yeah, it it's surprisingly deep. So I'm kind of curious to see where the story goes and how the second ending is going to be and how the other endings are going to turn out. Uh, hopefully I don't ex accidentally kill myself and end the game again. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's all part of the design. Um, that's like all intentional. Um, the other game that I've been playing is uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. And I really don't want to spoil anything about this game because it's still pretty new. Um, but suffice to say, it is... Um, if you've played Hyrule Warriors on Wii U or 3DS or the Switch version, in other than the gameplay being a warrior-style game, being a Musou-style game, that's the only comparison there is. Because everything else is polished like ridiculously polished. Are you Fair. saying that Musou games normally aren't polished? <laughs> they have a different kind of polish. They're like, they have the passable kind of polish, if you know what I'm saying. Like outside of the 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 the, the Persona Five one, the um, Persona Five Scramble, um, those are the only two. Uh, that and the Fire Emblem Warriors uh, Warriors game are the only ones that have like a decent amount of polish to it like this age of age of uh age of calamity and the persona 5 one have probably the best polish of them all because they work closely with the developers in this case and it really shows because the story like even for a zelda game the story is probably the most engrossing it has ever been because it has so many characters 
um, that you only learned about through Backflash and Breath of the Wild. And now you get to see their personalities blossom and they're exactly what I imagined and so much more. <laughs> Oh, nice. Because you have the four heroes, uh, the four champions that, um, you know, uh, died during the Calamity um, 100 years prior to Breath of the Wild. And you finally get to actually play with those characters, you know, see how they're like, how they act. And they're all exactly what, how you think about them. And even more awesome, like Urbosa, for example, is like, she's a queen. Like, like <laughs> she is a queen of the of she's the queen of the Gerudo but like she's a queen like she's so badass her moveset is so cool because she can use uh lightning to um to strike your enemies down and that's just part of her moveset and like her, her special attack is literally just her standing there still like looking all awesome and just doing like a snap of the finger and like everybody gets shocked in like her radius it is so cool also, a character that I didn't expect to be as cool is Impa. Like, Impa has, like, a really good moveset. Um, she was in there. She was in there before. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you've played Hyrule Warriors before, there was a version of Impa in there based off the uh, Ocarina of Time version. And... Um, yeah, so the, that, uh, that version is fine, but I like the version in this one way better because here she's like a straight up ninja and her moveset is so awesome and over the top and ridiculous. And she's probably one of the best characters in the game so far. Nice. Without going to spoiler territory. Um, <laughs> I've already put in eight, I've already told you, like, I put over 80 plus hours into the game already. It's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, I was shocked <laughs> when I heard it. But again, it's on the Switch, so you know I can play it in bed. So that makes it a lot and easier on the go. to rack up the time. And on the and on the go, uh, if I ever am able to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's something totally entirely different. But yeah, um, Hyrule Warriors: uh, Age of Calamity. Like if you if you have if you have any if you have any interest in the story of Breath of the Wild, if you've played Breath of the Wild, um, I would recommend playing it. If you've never played Breath of the Wild. What are you doing? Play Breath of the Wild first, then play Age of Calamity because it's going to spoil a bunch of stuff. And then you can wait with everyone else and hopefully we get Breath of the Wild 2 next year. So those are games that I've been playing. Well, I think with that, uh, we're going to wrap this uh, Game of the Year edition of Game Rivals up, shall we? Yep. Take it away. Alrighty, so thank you everybody for watching or watching. Ah, I don't know why I'm saying <laughs> someday, that. someday. Hopefully next season, which is really soon. Uh, thank you for listening as always. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, you can always check us out on your favorite podcasting platform. We're basically everywhere: Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, fun fact: I don't know if it's true, but the other day we got an email saying that uh, we're super popular in Croatia. But if you look at the metrics for the, the amount of listeners, it says like less than 1% of your audience is based out of Croatia. So I don't know if that's one of those standard emails trying to get you hooked on their service or something like that. I'm like, whoa, are we really popular in Croatia? 
We're properly in Croatia. Say hi to your Croatian fans. I have no idea how you say hi in Croatia. I have no idea as well. And I don't want to say anything weird. But that is super funny. Um, so uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast, whatever it's called. We're there. Um, you can find us on multiple social media outlets as well. We're, uh, we're on Twitter at game underscore rivals underscore. Uh, email is game rivals feedback at gmail.com um instagram is at game rivals and something really cool maximilian has uh has also gotten himself a new fancy instagram uh at maximilian underscore x and he just passed 100 followers so he's, he's almost at 150 so nice thanks <laughs> yeah so if you want to like dive into all the nintendo jrpg goodness Holla at Joe Boy, I guess. That's not something I say, but... Uh, <laughs> That's not something that I say either. Where, where did that come from? I, I, well, I think... Well, you might have said it. I don't know. Anyways, reach out to him. It's really cool. He has some really cool stuff on there. I can, I can lift a, a, a piece of the... Or give you a piece of the puzzle. He has a really cool collection of collector's editions, limited editions, um, even an old school working Game Boy. I mean... That's pretty cool. Uh, I haven't showed that one off yet. I think that's going to be something that's going to come down somewhere next week. But uh, I try to post every day um, if possible. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've been doing that. It's been a lot of fun connecting with a lot of, with a lot of you guys. Uh, Hopefully I can connect with more of you guys. Um, Not only on my collections, but also of course on the podcast. So hit us up on there as well. Um, Sean Templar is also managing the uh, regular Game Rivals uh, Instagram, which is at Game Rivals. Um, you can also catch yours. Me... Uh... Nah, it's pretty awesome. You're you're doing just, a good job. I just put generic PlayStation stuff. In. <laughs> I was actually thinking like, oh, maybe I should buy a Switch, and then I can also maybe I don't know. <laughs> People are getting bored of the PlayStation, I think, or at the PS5. I mean, it. It's. I was actually thinking of making like this spoofy video in which I take the PlayStation Five everywhere, like to bed, and put it next to me. And uh, when I go to the bathroom or when I go outside, or I was like, like, <laughs> I was like, like no man, that's just weird. I don't know if people can appreciate that kind of humor. Um, yeah, you can try it, man. You can yeah. Try it. Well, now the cat's out of the bag. I already spoiled it. But <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, uh, we have a YouTube channel. We're not. We are working on something for that because there's a lot of people asking for YouTube as well. But it's really hard in these times to kind of come up with an idea for YouTube to stick out. And yeah. you wouldn't want it to be just like the generic YouTube channel being like, oh yeah, they do let's plays or they do uh, gameplay videos, or because you can find that everywhere. So we are looking at ways to make our YouTube channel uh, a bit more interesting. We're uh, we're probably going to start recording the podcast from a visual standpoint, so with, with, with video, and then we'll also be uploading older episodes to the to YouTube if you if you want to watch it there. Um, and then you'll find out why China will grow larger. Oh, China will grow so large. <laughs> I, I, I I, by the way, I looked it up. I put 21 hours into Tro- Total War Troy, and I have put in, what was it? 120 hours in Total War <laughs> So, yeah, uh, China has grown super large. Um, but basically, yeah, that's it. I think I've mentioned it all, haven't I? Yeah, that's basically it. That's basically it. I I hope because we're really close to the holidays, and I think the next episode will air after Christmas. So I think we I speak for the both of us when we say we all hope that you have an amazing Christmas. 
um, stay safe, wear a mask, just be responsible. I know it's, it's really hard in these times to maybe be a little bit by yourself or that you're tempted to be with friends and family more closer than normally, you know, just think like, Hey, you need to watch out for each other, protect each other. Uh, so try to fight that urge. Uh, and you know, just stay safe. There are a lot of ga- great games out there. Play some nice games, um, reach out to us. I mean, just make sure that you have a fun time. And on that note, I have all I have been and will always be Sean Templer. And I have been and always be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later.